You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. Some of you have, have picked this book up um, either through the office or have ordered it online or however you, you've taken in this book. And it's been amazing to hear how people have responded to our church-wide study on, uh, by Adam Hamilton enough, discovering joy through simplicity and generosity. And we're in full swing of our study and our um, stewardship campaign as we um, start thinking about um, next year and our giving towards next year. Um, it's helping us look at some things in a different light. I know last week when we talked about when dreams become nightmares, um, some of you were afraid that I had spent some time at your homes and saw all the stuff that you had and was saying that maybe you need to get rid of a few things. Confession can be good for the soul, can it? And some of you have been pondering on that and, and wondering how maybe taking away, taking some things out of your life can um, thin some things out and, and open yourself up to the possibilities of how God um, can use your abundance and all that great stuff. And um, we want to also invite you that maybe if you can't attend Sunday school, um, to stay after. Um, and at 11.15 over in room 301, which is just right over there, um, just go up the elevator, walk out the door, and the room is just right in front of you. Um, stay after, and we'll spend a little bit more time in deep in study in this um, church-wide study that we're offering today. But one of the things I found interesting this week is that Adam reminded us, he said that the purpose of this book is to provide some practical help and encouragement that will help us not only evaluate our relationship with money and material possessions, but also become wise stewards of these God-given resources. And we're not here to, you know, come after you. What we want to do is raise some awareness for you uh, to be aware of how you use your, all the things that God gives you and how we can use them wisely to make a difference in the world. In our scripture readings, I want to start with today, and we're going to read these together. The first one is Proverbs 21.5, and that should be here on the screen. Proverbs 21.5 on the screen. Let's read this together. The plans of the delight end up in profit, but those who hurry end up with loss. And then the other one is Proverbs 21.20. Precious treasures and oil stay in the home of wise, but fools swallow them up. And if you remember, our gospel reading for today comes from Luke 15, and it's that great story of the prodigal son, which is sometimes used at Father's Day. And I found it an interesting story, and as we, we'll dive into that here in just a second, but I want to start with this quote that Adam had from our reading today. Money is merely a tool to be used to accomplish the greater purposes God has for our lives. Now, if we think about that, next up to the Luke 15 text that Shanna read for you today, we find ourselves in an interesting situation, don't we? That if money is merely a tool to be used to accomplish the greater purposes God has for our lives, could you imagine when that prodigal son came to his father and said, all right, dad, I got a plan. 
I want all my inheritance, and I'm going to go have a good time with it. But what if that good time meant for this particular child? What if he took it and invested it in like some kind of thing and that thing grew to another thing and he was able to double his money because he wanted to take his wild idea on investment and and go have a good time with it and 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 have a good time could you imagine how the story would be a little bit different if he'd been successful with his money and used it wisely but he didn't and the story that jesus tells here today literally has a really good meaning that the word prodigal really means one who wastes money And so that prodigal son is the one who wasted his money. He was given all of his inheritance, took it, and and blew it on some kind of thing. And, And I mean, not just some kind of thing. He went nuts. So much so that he used up everything. And he was so short that he didn't have anything at all. And what's interesting about this story, I, I see this story and I see it like that sixth grade student for that very first time on their youth trip and, and the mom and dad gives them that $20 bill and says, all right, this is for your dinner and lunch and, and that should be enough to cover you for dinner and lunch. And, and they get to that first gas station stop and they take that $20 and they buy that water gun, leaving them with no money to have to eat on the rest of the day. And they walk up to the youth director and say, I don't have any money, but I have a cool water gun. That's kind of how the story looks and reads. We're all given gifts, and how we utilize those gifts matter. And I always find this funny, that the instant gratification that we seek with money, it very rarely satisfies our soul. And it's easy to say we want to do it now versus investing into the future later. And this week, Hamilton points to us being a good steward, of, and that's a great importance. And to really to be a good steward, we have to take the gifts that are given to us and we have to utilize them as best as we can. And I think that's a good question for you. How well do you utilize the gifts that God gives you to do the good work for the kingdom of God? Abraham Lincoln wrote a letter to his stepbrother, John D. Johnson, who was seeking money because he had a problem with debt and being in debt. And Lincoln wrote this letter. He said, Dear Johnson, your request for $80, I do not think it is best to comply with now. At various times when I have helped you a little, you have said to me, we can get along very well now. But in a very short time, I find the same difficulty again. Now this can only happen by some deficit in your conduct. What is deficit? I think I know. You are not lazy. You still are an idler. I doubt whether since I saw you, you have done good the whole day's work in your one day. This habit of uselessly wasting time is the whole difficulty. It is vastly important to you, and still more so to your children, that you should break the habit. You are now in need of some money, and what I propose is that you shall go to work, both tooth and nail, for somebody who will give you money for it, and to secure your fair reward for your labor, I now promise you that for every dollar you will 
between this and the first of May get for your labor, I will then give you one other dollar. Now, if you will do this, you will be soon out of debt. And what is better, you will have a habit that will keep you from getting into debt again. But if I should now clear you of, out of debt, next year you would just be as deep in as ever. Affectionately, your brother, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln wrote this letter to his brother to say, hey, you need to straighten up. You have the, you have the ability to get out of debt. And you have to be aware of what those abilities are. And sometimes we need to hear those words. Sometimes we find ourselves in those situations and we need the word from a brother or somebody else to, to straighten us up. Or maybe we need a system to, to, to remind us that we can't have it all. And maybe we need to learn how to be better stewards of the gifts and graces that are given to us. And so Hamilton suggested to be aware of these two money wasters. And I have to admit, when I, when I was looking at these, these are two things that Ashley will test I'm notorious for. The first is impulse buying. Surely nobody has any problems with impulse buying, such as myself. You get that notification on your email that Amazon has a great price for, you know, two-for-one deal, or you go to Walmart and, and they have that sale rack and, and you see everything on sale for, for, for $8, you can buy an amazing t-shirt, and, and then that $8 becomes 16 and 16 becomes 24 and you only went to buy a $5 burrito. Hamilton says there are two keys to avoiding buys in the grocery store. First, never go shopping when hungry. That makes sense, doesn't it? I know when I was a kid, that was one rule that my parents had. We wouldn't ever go to Sam's hungry. So we'd go eat first, and then we'd go to Sam's together. Because we knew that if we went to Sam's, we'd come out with twice the, the, the expenses than what we initially had planned. He says second, and this is where I struggle. He says, make a list and stick to it. How many of us go to the grocery store knowing we need to go to the grocery store, but we have no clue what we need to get? And so we wander around aimlessly thinking, oh, this looks good, or I can make this later, and, and, and you just keep filling things off the shelf, or, and then the next thing you know, you have this basket full of things, and you weren't aware it was something that you needed. And so he says, make a list and stick to it. And if it's something else you want, write it down and wait for the next planned shopping trip. Now that would change some things for us in our house, I know for sure. On my end, more than Ashley's, I'll be honest. And then the second, second thing he, he suggests for this impulse buy is he says, wait 24 hours before purchasing an impulse buy. And he reflected, I'm amazed at how many things I decided I really didn't need after waiting 24 hours. And he says, try it for yourself. If you'll just put the brakes on for one day before buying any impulse item, You'll be amazed at how much money you will save. And so if that's an impulse item and you know it's an impulse thing, put it back on the shelf and come wait a day. And if you really need it, then yeah, probably should go get it. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world if you don't buy it and you may have saved yourself a lot of money. 
And then the other thing that he suggests in regards to impulse buying is be aware of sales. And those are those things we have to be aware of. And then the th- second thing he said that, that, it's a, that it's a money waster is eating out. He said a second common money waster is eating out. And now he's never suggesting, and I would never suggest, not eating out. Because sometimes it's just a good thing to do. A lot of us, after church on Sunday, you go eat out. It's a good investment on the community, and it's not a bad thing to do. But the average person eats out weekly 4.2 times a week. The average family, average person in America, 4.2 times a week. Now, some of you are saying, well, I don't do that. And some of you are like, good, I'm above average. But according to the Simple Dollar average, the Simple Dollar website, the average American spends, the average American spends $232 per person a month on eating out. And I'm just raising this for you to be aware that maybe if you do have this, maybe if you want to save a little bit of money, if you want a little bit more money at the end of your month, maybe not eating out all the time is a good thing. And maybe it means cooking a meal and inviting friends over because, you know, cooking for one or two is hard. And, and so maybe cooking, you know, uh, for a couple of pe- more people is a good thing and taking it to your neighbor because you know that they have a, chil- a child that was just born and they could use an extra meal. Pick on Sue Ann a little bit. On Wednesday, she was talking, sharing about how hard it was to cook for two. And so I said, all right, well, just add four more to that, and you can cook for six. And then Barbie chimed in and said, add two more, and you can cook, to eight, cook for eight. And so in a matter of moments, Sue Ann would be able to cook for eight people a week if she wanted to. It would save all of us money. But being aware of eating out, that that can cause a drain on your budget. And it can, I mean, and... Like I said, these are two things that I struggle with. I I would love to be honest with you saying that I'm immune to impulse buying, but I'm not. And Ashley is agreeing wholeheartedly. I, I I, I would love to say that I don't like to eat out, but man, I love to eat out. I love me. If I can find a good taco, and if it's a good taco place... I will eat there two to three times a week and find out ways to eat there two to three taco, two to three times a week because I love their tacos. But if we remember the proverb, the plans of the diligent lead to surely to abundance, but everyone who is hastily comes only to want. If we let go of ourselves and we're aware of how we utilize our money, and we pull back on the impulse buying and maybe not eat out a little bit less and, and be willing to invite people over and have a good meal. It's amazing how we could change the world just by using our time and our money wisely. And when we think about the Luke text today, that's what his father wanted him to do. He wanted his son to use his money wisely and use it in such a way that was going to be fruitful and multiply and help the community around them. But the son was lost in instant gratification. And the rest of the story, for those of you that don't know, he comes back and father receives him and 
The other son gets angry that he received him, and I mean, more family issues ensue. But if we open ourselves up to the possibility of, uh, of finding ways to, to save money, to be good stewards of the gifts that God gives us, and share that with the world, it's amazing to see how the world can change. And we can be a bigger blessing to that. And so in your Connect, Serve, and Grow guide, I, I put, we put in there six key principles that Adam Hamilton suggested for use of money management. We encourage you to pray for, prayerfully look over those tools. And then we asked you these, these questions. We gave you some life and financial goals to ponder as well. And these are good questions to look at, maybe with your spouse or even just yourself to, to figure out what your financial goals are and, and plan accordingly to do good for the world. I can't let this story go, but in our reading this week, there was this really great story about a 19-year-old grocery bagger named Johnny. Johnny had Down syndrome, and, and he took these words that were given to him to do good by heart, and he went home and tried to think of ways he could be a blessing to others, and finally he came up with a plan. Each night, he would search the internet for a positive saying that would encourage people. Then he would print out 300 copies and carefully cut, cut each sayings into individual strips. The next day, he would put one of the sayings in the grocery bag of each of his customers while saying, I put a saying in your bag. I hope it helps you have a good day. Thanks for coming here. A month later, the manager noticed Johnny's line was much longer than the others. Even when they announced that there was no waiting in line two or three, no one budged. People wanted Johnny to be their bag boy. He touched them and filled them with hope. Johnny got it. He was pursuing a mission that was bigger than his personal satisfaction. So what about us? Are we pursuing a mission that's bigger than our personal satisfaction? If we're serving Jesus in such a way that our lives show it, he'll show. If we're living out our faith like Johnny did and was willing to spread good news to the world, it will show. The hard part is, is that some of that stuff we can't have now. We have to sow seeds and wait and see how our investment makes a difference. If you remember last week, I invited you to pray this prayer. And I want us to pray it to close out our sermon today. And, and, and this prayer is to remind us that the gifts that we're given, we are to share with others and, and to live a, simplicity of, a simplistic life that leads us to being generous. And so would you, let's pray this prayer together that we found on the screen. Lord, help me be grateful for what I have Remember that I do not need most of what I want and that joy is found in simplicity and generosity. Amen. And if you need more help, trust and obey Jesus and you'll be amazed to see how living a life will truly make a difference for this world. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.